Why are you asking if he's lubed up? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Masterpiece Theater. Am I in the right place? I'm just fucking with you. It's, <laughs> this is a comical podcast. All right. <laughs> I'm your host, Justin Corbett. With me is... Miguel Garza, a.k.a. Horse Tickles. Horse Tickles, no. as usual. Please. Tell it to me. <laughs> and then we have my lovely wife, Heather. Hey, guys. What's happening? She's back. back. <laughs> Her vacation. How was your trip to Jamaica? Jamaican me crazy, <laughs> <laughs> She had to take a little break from us. <laughs> She's back this week. That's good. Someone else is in the studio audience, right? <laughs> and then last but not least, we have our show mascot. What's going on, Merman? Hello, everybody. Hey, one question for you, Jimmy. What's Where that? Where is my photo? I don't see it on the wall. <laughs> it's not here yet. Oh. <laughs> I ordered a animation cell from He-Man with a picture of Merman uh, flexing his muscles. He's definitely got some, some biceps there. It should be here in the next couple of days, and I'll get it framed, and I'll hang it up in the office, and then uh, once it is, I'll send a picture out there for everybody to see. Is he looped up? What the hell? He's pretty buff. I think you. Why are you asking if he's looped up? <laughs> you know, oil, you know, muscles, you know, bodybuilders usually have oil on them, you know, like to shine or something. I don't know. I'm just asking. Well, he's scaly. Well, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's enough shine, I guess. Yeah. Huh? I don't know about that. <laughs> I think he might be a little slimy. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> he's scaly, then he's slimy. Are you slimy, my man? <laughs> <laughs> he wants to show him his trident. Whoa. 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 <laughs> this is a family program. Keep it clean. Rated G. <laughs> For Jesus. No, wait a minute. That's not G. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's right either. <laughs> I meant G's. <laughs> Nice save. <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. Oh, man. Well, let's get right into things. That's how you do it. We don't like to waste time. We get right into it. That's right. No foreplay? Of course not. Of course. <laughs> we don't last that very long. <laughs> Maybe you don't. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> I'm talking about the show. Let's talk some comics. Just clean. <laughs> Sex criminals, number one. <laughs> well, the trade paperback did come out today. See, I'm all over this stuff. Right. Sad that I do know that I came out. Well, those of you who are interested in reading Sex Criminals, <laughs> it is a fantastic book. It's actually one of the Eisner nominees. Nice. We're going to talk about that later today, too. We'll huh? talk about that a little bit later as well. Uh, the first trade paperback did come out today, so if you've been waiting to read it, now's a good time to go out and pick that up. All right. What books would you say were your top two this week? Well, you know, there was quite a few, and I thought about it. I finally came up with uh, my number two, Mercenary C. Number three. Mercenary C was fantastic. Yes. Gotta love it. Kel Simons and uh, Matthew Reynolds are just killing it. That's right. Um, just like in the book. <laughs> People getting killed. Man, book's exciting. We've talked about this all the time. You know, pre, pre-war book, submarine, spies, uh, code names, Japanese people. Japanese people? Yeah, Japanese people walking around marching people to death. It's a great book. I mean, I, I love it. it. I can never wait for the next episode. But, excuse me, next episode. Now I'm talking about the show. The next book that comes out, I just, I'm just anxious. I like the adventure. I like that they had uh, a battle with a, a battleship or cruise or whatever it was. And uh, they were depth charging them a little bit. And uh, it was pretty cool. 
And at the end, you know, we I'm not going to give it away, but we all saw what happened to the the guy that had to get top hat, which just made the book like, whoa, like, can't wait to see what's going to happen there. Of course, great lines like, are we still getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> it has humor. It has action. It's just a really fun book. Uh, Kel's a fantastic writer. His books are just really well written, and uh, this one's no exception. And not only Kel, but Matthew is just amazing. He's a phenomenal artist, and this particular issue of this series really highlights that. There's some really beautiful scenes with the the sunset and the nighttime submarine stuff. It's just incredible to me. Who are you, Tolkien? The wind was blowing. It was a beautiful Sunday morning. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to dog you. They, they, well, I, I can't really paint a picture with my words, I'm, but... He, he does an amazing job with the art in the book, and if art's your thing, which you claim it is, yes. more, than, more than story even, uh, somebody like you would really, really enjoy Mercenary Sea. But it's got a good story. It does have a, gr- has a great story and great art. That's why I agree with your comment. They're killing it. <laughs> They're all over this place. They are. And uh, I was going to say something else about the book, and you threw me off there. Sorry? Damn it. Well, you know, Kel likes to keep his sex and violence separate, so... Yeah. Same thing goes in the book. We just, just want to reiterate that? Yes. <laughs> That's for your father. That's for my dad. That's for your father. <laughs> Keep your sex and violence separate, people. Uh, my dad started listening to the show, and that was the favorite line so far that he's heard. So <laughs> apparently he walks around the house talking about how he keeps his sex and his violence separate all the time. My mom thinks it's hilarious. So, <laughs> Reaching out to everybody. Shout out to my dad. That's right. <laughs> Top book for me, Superior Spider-Man number 31. Oh, I was so happy with it. I cried. You cried? No. <laughs> it was emotionless. It just reached out there and grabbed your heartstrings. It was a great way to finish the story. Peter Parker coming back, taking on the Goblin. The Goblin, of course, thought he was still fighting uh, Doc Ock there until he realized, oh, this is Peter. And it kind of changed everything the way he felt. And he looked like he, he was going to turn <laughs> tail and run. Yeah, you really saw the uh, look of panic on his face once he realized that it's somehow Peter. it had switched back. He was like, oh, freaking crap. <laughs> and, of course... Peter kicked his ass. Oh, yeah. I was so happy with it. I think that Dan Slott really did the impossible and stuck the landing on this. The whole series was just fantastic. I I loved Superior Spider-Man more than I ever loved any Spider-Man arc so far that I've read. And I'm sad to see it go, of course, but the way that it ended was just so well executed. And I don't have any disappointment about it whatsoever. I'm actually happy Peter's back. The way that he's writing Peter, I feel really good about. The whole series reinvigorated my... uh, Love for Spider-Man. They took a chance, did Superior, and it just drew a lot of people in, people who never really read it. Some of the older people didn't really care for it, but now the way it's gone out, I mean, I'm stoked for Amazing Spider-Man to come out. I can't wait to see what Peter does. Got to apologize to everybody. Got to take care of his problems. We saw a little bit of that in the final issue. You saw him starting to pick up the pieces left behind from Otto, but there's a whole lot more he has to do. How cool was it that Otto just came out and admitted, you are the Superior Spider-Man? Yeah. I almost think issue 30 was better than issue 31, but they were both, as a pair, such a great ending to the series. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was just a really good book, and close that chapter. Now let's get ready for Peter again. That's right. Get ready for the Peter. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) You can get ready for that. (laughs) I'll get ready for Spider-Man, okay? (laughs) So, uh, what were you top two? Well, my number two was a new book called Translucid, uh, written by Claudio Sanchez and Chandra Etchert. And drawn by Daniel Bayliss. Uh, Claudio Sanchez, if you don't know, is the lead singer for a band called Coheed and Cambria. Yes! <laughs> they have some uh, kind of strange space rock metal hybrid music. It's, it's really hard to classify because it's so complex. 
and it's so good. I mean, he's a fantastic musician. Absolutely. He's also he's, he's also Heather's favorite musician, but yeah. uh, in addition, he's a comic book writer, and he's written several comic books, um, most of which I've read and liked. This one, though, I have to say, is my absolute favorite one that I've read of his, and it's only the first issue. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree with you there. It's the story of this bad guy named The Horse. <laughs> so I knew Miguel was going to love it right from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> And it looks like he's just gotten out of prison, and he's trying to get in touch with some of his old henchmen, who have now formed their own little trio of uh, villainy. And he's trying to find his uh, primary nemesis, who's the good guy, the hero of the story. Woo! <laughs> whose name is The Navigator. The Navigator. Compliance. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the story is told through the eyes of Horse, and it tries to... Why is that funny? Sounds like you left off the E there for a while. There. <laughs> You're like the horse. It's told through the eyes of the horse. <laughs> <laughs> they made this story a hell lot more compelling now. <laughs> no. Now everybody's listening. I know, right? It's told through the eyes of the horse, and it really examines the bond that a hero and a villain in these comic book stories has, and how one can't really exist without the other. It, it also kind of showcases where the hero came from. It shows his childhood, and it shows some of the complications he had with his you know, alcoholic father and the things that turned him into who he is. So you're kind of seeing the, the current timeline story through the eyes of the horse, the villain, and you're seeing the past story through the eyes of the hero when he was still a child. And that's kind of, it's, it's kind of hard to grasp that at first. You might have to read through it twice to really get everything the book has to offer. It's one of those books that makes you think. Uh, but it's it's so good. I, I loved it. I can't wait to read the second issue. And you, and you really thought that I liked it because it made me think? Well, I know that <laughs> I know that thinking books aren't really your cup of tea. You just what are you like about? you like fighting and swearing and you know. <laughs> love the uh, love the book. Love the bad guy. Yeah. But why do you have to be a white horse? Aren't, you know, you know, it doesn't matter. It's pretty cool. Him tossing around paw. I mean, you know, little knights from the chest. It was it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Like the bad guy, but the good guy is stupid. <laughs> he, I mean, he can't be that. He old. was pretty easily tricked, but they made it seem like. The bad guy had been away in jail for quite a while. It wasn't like he recently went to jail and got out. So, if it's been a year or two, you know, they may not know how to interact with each other again. That's part of the thing that I was talking about before, where they're exploring the relationship between these heroes and these villains who can't exist without each other. Yeah, because the horse wanted him back. Right. Yeah. So, the story's basically about the horse trying to reconnect with his hero. <laughs> I know that sounds really cheesy, but it's not. It's it's a fantastic book, and you should, you guys should all go out and pick it up. I'm going to miniseries. It's a miniseries. It's only okay. six issues. So alternatively, you could always wait for the trade to come out. So we already know that all my horse minions are going to go out there and pick it up. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Support the horse. And then my number one book was Mercenary Sea as well. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I love that book. Kel sent it to us a couple weeks ago, actually, so we've had it early. And then it came out, and I read it again, and I loved it just as much as the second read-through, so... I think everybody that is is reading Mercenary Sea because of our prior recommendations is going to love it just as much as we did. Was there anything you didn't like this week? Mercenary Sea. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was too short. It needs to be longer. Kel, add 20 more pages. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I didn't really hate anything. I did. <laughs> yeah, I know what you hate, and I have problems with that, but go ahead and say. Oh, my God. Batman Eternal sucks. No, it does not. It is not good. It is decent. You, is don't, it? Like, you don't like the bad guy. You don't like the... Okay, you didn't like Batman's look on his face when he found out who the bad guy was? No, it's not just that. Issue one of Batman Eternal, there's a lot of problems with it. Number one... Hater. <laughs> Professor Pig was chosen as the villain in the oh, first okay, issue. Okay, I'll give you this. That is like the worst... Oh, 
which he's a really lame Batman villain anyways, Boink. and he's certainly yeah. not the one you want to lead off your series with. Yeah, I know. Batman acts very out of character throughout that entire first issue. So, whoa, 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 hold up here. So if Hulk and Banner can be different, why can't Batman be different? Because Batman isn't changed. Batman's very rigid. He's always dark. He's always solemn. He's always serious. He doesn't have a goofy side. Well, in book three, he's going to be gay. Well, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> That's his choice. No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not a choice. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I would never see Batman's persona changing. Like, no, he, like, he he's very rigid. He is who he is. And he's cracking jokes in the first issue, which doesn't fit his character at all. And then you have the problems with Gordon. I mean, Gordon chases down this guy, gets him all the way until he's got him dead to rights. He's like six feet away from him. He says, if you pull your gun, I'm going to shoot you. He counts down, and then he fires, and he misses from six feet away? This is freaking Commissioner Gordon. I mean, he's not some rookie cop who's never held a gun before. He's freaking old. Six feet? Well, okay, okay. Let's take it back. And it's not even that he, like, meant to shoot him in the chest and he shot him in the shoulder or something. It's that he shoots, like, three feet off to the right and hits this electrical panel, which triggers this massive explosion that doesn't even fit the size of the panel. (laughs) <laughs> sends the bad guy flying like 150 feet which doesn't make much sense either and Gordon's completely okay from the blast and then these train collisions happen which you know Batman saves Commissioner Gordon but doesn't actually like do anything else once that happens and then Gordon just submits to the police first issue not great but it was it was still enticing enough that I said okay I'll go ahead and check out the second issue well you're still missing the part you forgot that in the beginning of the book one Hig was messing with some kind of a chemical so maybe it affected Gordon I think that's where they're going with this the chemical might have affected Gordon. It could have affected Batman. Maybe that's why Batman was cracking jokes. Maybe they'll explain it in book three. That's why he was out of character. I guess that's possible. But you know, me, e- even, even Pig, there's problems with that. He's in a tiny enclosed space and he was flying a plane around. <laughs> and like shooting from behind them and stuff. Like It didn't even make sense, the, the physics of the plane in that building. And then Batman happening to land perfectly on top of the plane from that narrow little skylight. There was a lot of problems with the physics of that particular scene. Come on, dude. You watched Transformers back in the day. Remember how they were so, all of a sudden, eight Transformers can fit an Astro Train. <laughs> like, what the hell? I mean, I can suspend <laughs> disbelief about most things. I'm not really picky about that kind of stuff, which is why I didn't bring it up until you brought up the other thing. <laughs> but I'm just putting that out there. And then the second issue, you know, you find out Pig's not the mastermind behind all this, and it was all choreographed so that Gordon would purposefully shoot the thing and cause the train accident. Okay, that's kind of far-fetched anyways. That's a reach that you could have that much manipulation over somebody that that's exactly where he would shoot and he would trigger that exact explosion and cause that exact train crash. But karma. it's even more of a stretch when you find out who the actual villain is. And I, I don't want to spoil it in case anybody is reading it and is enjoying it, but let's just say that this villain is lamer than Professor Pig. <laughs> it could have been Black Mask. It could have been any of Batman's like mastermind kind of villains. It could have even been like the Joker. I mean, Joker doesn't really work with teammates like Pig or anything. But it could have been anybody other than the person they put in there. And the person they put in there, when Batman finally realizes who it is, he has this look of panic on his face and he's like, oh my god, not him. It can't be him. Like it's the Joker or Asriel's comeback or some crazy shit like that. And then you find out who it is and you're just like, really? Batman wouldn't be scared of this guy. This guy's nobody. Well, maybe he's not scared. Maybe he's like, really? Like, what the no, fuck? No, no, no. If you saw the panel, you would. Batman has fear, which he never shows anyways. He's yeah, so and Catwoman out. got scared too, remember? Yeah, and Catwoman has the same reaction. It just doesn't make sense. It's really poorly written. I have so many problems with this book. All right, so I see you hate Batman. I don't hate Batman. I love Batman. I like the way he's being drawn in the book. The artwork, the artwork's okay. It's nothing really special. It's just better okay. than a piece of crap Batman book that came out with no words. Yes, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It's not bad. 
but it's not enough to make the book worthwhile for me. I'm definitely dropping it after this. Well, it's a every week book too. You said that today, and I see that it's coming out again next week. Yeah. Well, I'll pick up three. I'm still going to hang in there with it. So we'll see what happens, and you're going to read it obviously when I get it. So I may drop it. I may not. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe I will. <laughs> oh, you gotta read it. You've gotta re- if I have to read freaking Larfleas, you're gonna read Batman. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Except Larfleas is better than Batman Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> so much hate. I-, I don't normally hate on any book. I-, I try to keep the show very positive, but I'm just really disappointed in that series because I have so much hype for it. Who's the writer? It's still Scott Snyder. It's the guy who's been writing. Well, okay. It's Scott Snyder and James Tenney in the fourth. Those guys are gonna blow us up on Twitter. Scott Snyder is the guy who writes. Most of the Batman series. He's a fantastic writer in his own right. James Tenney the Fourth is the guy who wrote Talon. I liked Talon, but it had a lot of flaws in its story, too. They were more forgivable because it was Talon and not Batman. <laughs> in a Batman book, there can't be those kinds of flaws. And Scott Snyder should have more control over what's being put into the story. He should be able to catch these mistakes and prevent them from happening. At least I feel that way. I guess I'll reevaluate it. I'll, I'll go back and read it again, slowly, and pay closer attention to it. I guess I was just overwhelmed because it was a Batman. It was a new <laughs> Batman book, and I was so geeked and so excited. That maybe I'm blind. I have blinders on. Could be. And maybe you just got Batman hate. Uh, I mean, or, you know, it's just, I mean, everything's subjective. All the other podcasts, all the other reviewers, they loved it. It all got positive reviews across the board. Everybody's like, oh my god, it's a James Gordon story. It's not really a Batman story. I personally don't like it. Uh, Josiah over at the Comic Syndicate podcast, he doesn't like it either. A few other people I've talked to on Twitter don't like it. You know, I'm not alone, but the majority does enjoy the book. You're talking to a bunch of guys in the Syndicate. What? The Comic Syndicate. Oh, those guys are pretty cool. Uh, they're funny. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> they're funny guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you're saying a lot of people don't like it. You don't like it. I'm the only one who likes it in this group for right now. And, uh, okay, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It may get better. You'll be like, holy crap, I was wrong. This book was amazing. Miguel is right again. Way to go, horse please. I've never said anything like that <laughs> in my entire life. So I'll, I'll be surprised if that's what happens. <laughs> okay. Stay tuned, America. <laughs> that's right. He's going to have to admit it live on this show. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our pick of the week is Star Mage number one. It's being written by Jason Delator and drawn by Ray Dillon. Uh, it's a new book from IDW. Just came out today. Uh, it's kind of an all-ages comic about this young boy who doesn't have a very good life. He's bullied. You know, he doesn't have a great home situation. His mother passed away when he was young. His dad is an astronaut who made, went on an expedition to Mars and didn't come home. And the kid's really depressed and really just kind of down. Anyways, one day he's getting bullied, and something magical happens. <laughs> he finds out he has these space magic powers. It's really kind of strange, but... Oh, I thought he... they were going to say puberty, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, these bullies try to run him up the flagpole, and when he gets to the top, his star mage powers activate, and he basically kind of teleports himself to an alien spaceship, you know, however many mi- thousand miles away, and when he gets on there, they tell him that He's very important. He's from a royal bloodline. He's got such and such powers. And he's completely unprepared for it because, you know, as far as he knows, he's just some lonely kid from Earth who is, is depressed. And he has, like you said, it's kind of like a Harry Potter feel. But it's it's really well done. The story's excellent. The artwork is so cool. It's a very different style that's really well suited to, like, a space oh yes, or cosmic kind of uh, story. You can feel the emotions in the art. Oh, yeah. You really can see it. It's like, wow. Yeah, it's a very impressive book. And like I said, the first issue just came out today, so it's a great time for everybody to go out there and pick it up. Uh, Miguel and I are both choosing it as our pick of the week for this week. Yes. And uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. Yeah, you will. I did. I really liked it. Tell everybody I know. Pick it up. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so eloquently spoken. Beautiful. That's Thank a you. Beautiful thing. Thank you, man. <laughs> what was your pick of the week, Merman? 
My nose. <laughs> Disgusting. You're filthy. <laughs> I'm Merman. You slimy bastard. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Audible.com. Again? Our sponsor. <laughs> yes. Talk about Audible, please. We've had a couple of you go out there and sign up for your free audiobook trial. Thank you. Uh, all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash comical. Yes. And sign up for your free 30-day trial, which comes with a, an audiobook. That's right. If you don't like the service, you can always cancel it within 30 days. But yes. if you do like the service and you want to keep with it, it's only $15 a month. Just and you get, keep it. It's awesome. You get a book every month. As we've said before, anybody that goes and supports us by doing this, goes and supports us by signing up for audibletrial.com slash comical, is going to get a blooper slash bonus podcast that we're doing in the future. Yes. Probably sometime in June. Okay. We have decided to throw in another little incentive. Yes. For all you people out there. This is we. Me and Merman, we had a conversation earlier today. Oh, you did? Without me? Yeah. Where was that? Well, (laughs) you know, Merman has uh, some aspirations of his own besides just the podcast. You said aspirations. (laughs) (laughs) So, in addition to getting the podcast, you're going to get a a demo album from our friend Merman. Nice! Called Merman Sings the Blues. (laughs) And we're going to give you a little taste right now. Really? Yeah. Here you go. Before I ran a skeleton, I saw this woman at Kilos. Oh, my tried to hit the floor. Birdman Bojo working. Hope really works on you. I want to be so bad. But I don't know what to do. Say just a woman. Meanwhile, I'm giving advice. Gifts are all my hot tips. Oh, I keep them all nice. Oh, I want you to don't have the words. Merman sings the blues. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. That's awesome, Merman. You're doing a good job. Thank you very much. Stay tuned for my Christmas album. <laughs> oh, man. You blown up. That's right. <laughs> hey, do we get to record a Christmas album? Uh, maybe we'll be on Merman's. No, we won't. What? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's a little rough in here. <laughs> so anyways, just to reiterate, uh, go to audibletrial.com slash comical yes. and sign up for your free audiobook. And your free 30-day trial. You can also support us by going to our website and clicking on the Contribute button and just submitting money directly through PayPal. Uh, if you do either one of these things, just send an email to me at comicalpodcast at gmail.com and I will make sure your name gets added to the list to receive Merman's Blues album. The Blues. <laughs> got the Blues. <laughs> In addition to the Miguel Says a Lot of Stupid Things blooper episode. You know, you're part of that too. You know that, right? Well, I say stupid things too, but uh-huh. it's like 90-10. <laughs> hey, that's the first time I've had percentages on this show. <laughs> you jumped eighty five percent. Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> so we don't sound like we're begging. When you sign up for audible dot com, excuse me, audibletrial dot com slash comical. I mean, you get a chance to get a good book. I mean, I downloaded something. I thought it was pretty cool. I kept the service. They didn't charge me immediately. You know, I canceled it. and I'm fine. Yeah, so there's nothing to be afraid of. Sign up. Yeah, it supports the show, and like I said, we need money badly because Comic Blues is coming up. We did just this week get our digital recorder and our mic. 
Yes. So we're all set for the actual interviews at the show. We still need t-shirts, and we still need banners, and we still need flyers to hand out. Yeah, we don't want to go to Comicapalooza there uh, with no shirts. Yeah. But that would be a sight, right? Merman might. <laughs> yeah, because according to Heather, he's slimy and... and, and uh, what else did you say he was? I just thought he was slimy. Well. <laughs> so anyways, that's, that's enough of our uh, begging for money. Begging. Let's go to the next section. Okay. Heather? Yes. It's time for you to tell us a funny story. So this story here, we're going to hear from Heather, has been two weeks in the making, but she had to go to Jamaica, so now we get to hear it, right? <laughs> Jamaica. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Jamaica, Jamaica. Hey, coach, kiss my egg. Jamaica, me want to hear the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I'll tell it. All right. So, I don't know if any of you ever went to camp when you were younger, but I participated in these things, and, and it, it was fun. It was definitely an experience. Um, when I was eight, I went to my first uh, camp. I went camping, essentially. Girl Scout camp? Yeah, it was Girl Scout camp. (laughs) It was not band camp. I went to Girl Scout camp when I was eight, too. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, so at the camp, it was was only a week. But they had, like, different activities you could do, like swimming and canoeing and riding bikes and hiking and arts and crafts. And you make t-shirts and you sing Kumbaya and then you go to sleep and do it all over again. So basically, we did those things. Well, when we first got to the camp, there were older girls staying in other like little tents and stuff, and uh, they scared us. They scared the crap out of us, and they told us to basically not to use the the latrines. And by latrines, they were not like actual toilets. It was like literally a hole in the ground that you went in. So this was like old school, you know, shit. Yeah, that's exactly what went in there. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> So anyway, they told us all these horrible things that were going to come up out of the ground if we used them. So me and my, quote, buddy that I had, you know, we decided we weren't going to be put through any kind of torture and use the latrines. So we decided to go behind the tent. Now, if you're in the woods and you're of an older age, you would know that poison ivy and poison oak and these things exist. But when you're eight, you don't really pay attention to these things. That's not really something on the top of your mind, honestly. Needless to say, I came home with poison ivy on my ass <laughs> at the end of camp. But but that's not even the funniest part of the story. So throughout my entire camping experience, you're supposed to have a buddy. Well, my mom put me with a friend of ours who was in our troop, and, and she and I had played together and we were friends. So she put me with my buddy. <laughs> anyway... So, I'm with my buddy, and my buddy deserts me everywhere. She leaves me in the woods. She leaves me when we're riding bikes. She leaves me when we're doing arts and crafts. I, I just get left everywhere. So, I have no buddy. There's Did you stink or something? No. Okay. I was fine. <laughs> so, anyway, both of us, obviously, were not using the bathrooms. So, I eventually realized that my clothes start to disappear, as well as my buddy not being around. She disappeared all the time, too. So my clothes are disappearing in my suitcase. Well, I know, I could not figure out for the life of me where my clothes were going. I don't think I know I like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> so my clothes keep disappearing. Well, by the end of camp, we were all sad to leave and didn't want to go home. And it was fun and whatever. But the whole week I had been crying because A, I had been left everywhere. My clothes were disappearing. I couldn't use the bathroom. I had poison ivy on my ass. So I'm miserable at camp, yet I don't want to go home. So I finally get home. My, my mom's friend 
calls her up, you know, my my buddy's mom, calls my mom up and says, well, I, I'm so sorry, and I have to apologize, but my daughter took all of your daughter's clothes. And my mom said, oh, what happened? Well, because the girls had, older girls had scared us so badly, Michelle was taking my clothes and pooping in them and putting them back in her suitcase. <laughs> so my mom's best friend basically calls me, calls my mom and says that she's so sorry that her daughter had taken all of her, you know, my clothes and pooped in them and put them back in her suitcase. So she has to give my mom a check basically for the money. What a shitty friend. <laughs> What the hell? Yes. So basically, my clothes got stolen. I had poison ivy on my ass. I got left everywhere, and my clothes got shit all over. And <laughs> my mom had to go buy all new clothes for me after she had spent all this. Well, at least that shit bombs. At least you got a new wardrobe. <laughs> I guess, but when you're eight, those things don't really matter. I don't know. So needless to say, that was my first camping experience. Damn. My time at shit camp. (laughs) (laughs) Same man, if your clothes start disappearing, I'm sorry. It's pretty funny, though, so, yeah. When you gotta go, you gotta go. No shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, just word to the wise, you know, when you're camping, you know, hopefully educate your children on, you know, what poison ivy and poison oak looks like, and don't scare your children into not going to the bathroom at camp, either. That's Wow. That's such a great friend. Are you still friends with her today, by the way? Um, I've lost touch with her, but uh, we, we did keep in touch throughout the years when we were growing up and stuff. So every um, birthday, did you give her like some toilet paper? <laughs> no. Did you ever shit in her clothes to get back at her? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Because that's what I would have done. Creep back in and shit on her chest. When you're, when you're eating, <laughs> I didn't say all that. <laughs> that's how you get even, baby. I don't know. I, that's, I, that's the intro. <laughs> creep back in and shit on her chest. <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, when you're eight, things don't really, you know, matter to you in that kind of sense. So wow, that's funny. That is tragic. a funny it is pretty, <laughs> it's, it's funny, tragic, and horribly sad. But but hey, I, I'm a stronger person for going through having poison ivy on my ass and getting my clothes shat in. So hey, you were for one week. One yeah, week. One week exactly. Yeah, suitcase full of clothes. Actually, that's not even the worst part. They tried to make me ride like a two, like a, a normal size bike, and I was like, I'm a small, short person, so she was four foot eleven. I'm like four foot eleven. I was like this tiny, skinny, little, tiny thing, and I couldn't even ride the bike. I fell down like fifteen times. It was mm. horrible. So I don't know. I was tortured for a week. She's right about the plant thing, though. I sat on a cactus one time. <laughs> 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 we we were hiking in a in a canyons and my uh, I was like man I'm so tired I, I don't want to hike anymore I just want to sit down and relax and my dad and mom were like no you got to keep going we're almost to the exit I was like oh I'm so tired I was dragging my ass and I was like I'm just gonna sit down you guys go ahead I'll catch up in a minute my dad was like don't sit on those cactuses and as I'm sitting down I say what right on a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> I was only like six or something, or no, I was only was probably only like nine or something. But uh, yeah, my mom had to like carry me back to the the car and then pull my pants down, and my ass was sticking out. Moon and all these people, we were right by the entrance of the camp too, so people were like driving by. My mom has my pants down; she's plucking stickers out of my ass. (laughs) Like all these people are driving by, looking at me. So you're acting like a fool with your pants on the ground. I started early. <laughs> was sagging when sagging wasn't sagging. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God. That's freaking hilarious. But seriously, one week. 
How many times is this girl shit? <laughs> yeah, Holy really. crap! <laughs> when you're little, I mean, that's pretty normal. I don't know. She had regular bowels. What can I say? <laughs> Not a doctor. I shit my pants. <laughs> Sing it, my man. <laughs> that's horrible. That's uh, funny. That's hey, excuse funny. me. I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> You're not using any of my t-shirts. <laughs> you can't steal my clothes. I think I might notice that one. <laughs> there's a litter box right out there. <laughs> I know there's a litter box right Mr. out there. Mr. Meow. <laughs> there's my funny story. So. Pretty funny. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. I don't know. I don't think anybody's laughing. I think everybody just feels sorry for Oh, no. It's funny. It's yeah. very funny. Thank you for sharing it. <laughs> it was shit-tastic. <laughs> I'm sorry you had such a shitty experience. <laughs> yeah, well, when you gotta go, you gotta go. All right. Well, I think that settles. Tell me a funny story for this time. All right. Next time? It's you. Me? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Man, I gotta do some thinking. <laughs> top that one. I don't know. I, I have a shit story, too. <laughs> your sister, you put it out here now. I Come put on. no, I put nothing out there. <laughs> That's your story. They were coming out. <laughs> so what are you saying? Constipated? <laughs> yeah. All right. All, right. All right. I'll contact my mother. And we'll see what I can find out. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Let's move on to some comical madness. Yes. The last. Battle. The final round. The last man standing. I'm telling you. Thanos versus Darkseid. Darkseid wins. All right, let's go on. Uh, <laughs> what universe does Darkseid win? DC. <laughs> yes, I win! I don't think that's true either. Look, man, I'm just saying. The problem is, Thanos is too arrogant. Okay. Darkseid's extremely arrogant as well. Yeah, but he's smart. So, he's so is Thanos. Run. Thanos is a, is a <laughs> freaking genius. Well, that's probably why he's not going to be scared of Darkseid. He wouldn't be scared of Darkseid because he's not afraid of anything. Darkseid's not scared either, but he's calculating. So it's Thanos. <laughs> you're not you're not naming any traits Thanos doesn't have. Okay, he's he's gray. <laughs> <laughs> and blue. Alright, you got me. Thanos <laughs> Thanos wins. I don't know, man. I don't know. Darkseid's no punk. I know Darkseid's no punk. He's strong. He's strong. But he's he lost many times before. Why you gotta bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the entire history of Thanos, and you compare it to the entire history of Darkseid. Okay. Darkseid's been beaten several times by the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And usually, it's it's an actual defeat. Like, he gets beaten, and he's forced to turn tail and run. He doesn't run. Okay, float away. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. They usually stick him through a boom tube or whatever. Or, or there's that, yes. But he, he usually retreats. Okay. Or he's forced to go away. All right. Thanos has never really lost a fight until Infinity when it took everybody to, like, trap him and imprison him in that box. But he's still there. He's still perfectly fine. He's just trapped in that box, and I'm sure he'll be free within a few more months. So what you're basically telling me is the heroes in the Marvel Universe are weak, and Justice League should come over and kick his ass once so you can see that he could lose, too. See, I don't think that's the case, though. Thanos... Wonder Woman! (laughs) Thanos has nothing to fear from Wonder Woman. (laughs) Thanos is taking full-on attacks from Galactus and, like, other cosmic beings, and there's nothing to him. Superman? Superman's nothing compared to Thanos. The Hulk is barely nothing compared to Thanos. I mean, he persists as himself in any reality. I mean, he views reality as just an outside factor that he doesn't believe should have any effect on him, so it doesn't. Why do I feel like he's stealing that from someplace? 
His conviction. Well, I mean, there's a panel from Thanos' quest. Okay. Where he's traveling through various dimensions in his quest for one of the Infinity Gems. And reality is attacking him from all different directions. It's trying to force him to morph into other beings, trying to force him to melt, trying to force him to change. And, you know, these are things that would kill any lesser being. But Thanos persists. He's always reforming into himself because he can only be Thanos. It's kind of hard to explain, but uh, he knows who he is and he doesn't allow himself to become anything other than he is. Which makes him basically unkillable, basically invulnerable, basically unstoppable. Plus, he's never really lost before, aside from the temporary setback of being imprisoned in Infinity. I just think that maybe... Every loss, every loss, quote-unquote, that he's suffered has been him being convinced that what he's pursuing is not really what he wants. Uh, Infinity Gauntlet, he wants to wipe out half of existence as a tribute to his one true love, which is death. Uh, he succeeds. But then Adam Warlock, who he considers his best friend and his counterpart, shows up and says, Hey man, you know you don't have to be like this. We can, we can be friends. We, we can get along. Like You don't have to do these things. And Thanos realizes the error of his ways and, and changes. I mean, that's usually how Thanos is defeated. Somebody shows up and convinces him what he's doing is not really what he wants to be doing. Darkseid gets boom-tubed or... That sounds know. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, Superman and Supergirl team up together and beat the shit out of him. Or, you know, Darkseid's been defeated by brute force before. Thanos has never lost a brute force. He can be beaten by cunning and stuff. But I don't think Darkseid has enough of it to impact him in any way. Yeah, okay, alright, I... That was actually a very good... Uh, Defense? Yeah, that was <laughs> impressive. Well, I'm a huge Thanos fan. You know that. Yeah, I know that, but you didn't look like you had all that in your brain earlier today. <laughs> no, I, I definitely had to do you know, research. I, prepare, man, prepare. I told you that before. I haven't done it every week, but I did it this week. Well, I understand. You really work hard at this job, so... Uh... I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're not playing. All right, so we're going to say the winner of the first ever Comical Madness Tournament... 2014. Stanos, baby! You show a little humility there. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be so arrogant. I know. Well, I was just mimicking my, my main man who won. Oh, nice. <laughs> His main man. Uh, okay. This is a better choice than Lobo. <laughs> at least it's not out there hooking. <laughs> cool. So, all right, so Thanos is the victor. And I think a lot of people that follow us and have been sending us their tweets or the posting on our page. It's a real shame that Squirrel Girl wasn't in the runnings because I would have come up up with some very creative ways for Squirrel Girl to win this whole thing. I know Chris Ryder was hoping she'd been there somehow. Yeah, a lot of the Mermidians were hoping Merman would come back. He did. He was reborn in our reality. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a cop-out or a (laughs) sell-out? Is it? Merman? Oh, that's shit to do. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> I'm the horse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm Horsticles. Remember, Seek is Horsticles. I'm Horsticles. Have you had the mud wrestling match yet? Not yet. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Well, till that day, you get to keep the title. <laughs> Horsticles. <right>. No. Please! <laughs> so what you got for me next? Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about the nominations for the Eisner Awards, which okay. is the biggest comic book award ceremony that they usually have at San Diego Comic Con. So what does the Eisner Awards, how does it affect a comic book value if they win an award? Well, I mean, last year Saga won 
Best New Series, and uh-huh. I think it won Best Overall Series as well. It may have won even more awards. It may have, Fiona Staples might have won for Best Art as well, or okay. Multimedia Art. But, so, I mean, it drove the price from being, you know, a 30 or $40 book for the first issue and first print to being, like, 150 overnight. Nice. So, I mean, there's a lot of speculation you can do around these kinds of award shows to try to make a little bit of extra money. Yeah. So, aren't you glad I told you to pick up Saga number one? You mean I told you to pick up Saga number one? I think I, I think I told you to pick up Saga number one. And I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth a try. But anyhow, uh, if you want to speculate, I'll give you my thoughts, but I'm not guaranteeing you're going to make any money off of your, <laughs> your investments if you're trying to go that route. And we're not going to go over all the nominations, just the, the ones that I think are most important. Okay. So for Best Continuing Series, the books that were nominated were East of West by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragota. Good book. Hawkeye by Matt Fraction and David Aja. That's surprisingly good. Nowhere Men by Eric Stevenson and Nate Bellegarde. Don't know that one. I haven't read that one, but I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, I need to pick up the trades, because yeah, like people that I've talked to have said, it's one of the best image books and we should be reading it. I don't know why we're not. That's crazy. An image book that we don't get? Yeah. So we're going to have to look into that one. Okay. Uh, Saga, of course, yes. the next one by Brian Vaughn and Fiona Staples. I told you about it. No. And then the last one is Sex Criminals. By Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. Hey! Did we talk about that this earlier? (laughs) (laughs) So we read four of the five series that are nominated for Best Continuing Series. And I honestly don't know which one is going to win. They all have their good points and their bad points. But I love all of those books. If I had to guess, I would say Sex Criminals is probably going to win. That's a really good book. came out pretty strong. I like the book. It's fresh. Different take. It's so different. Saga is still consistent. Saga is consistently good. I, I wouldn't but be surprised was, if any of those win, honestly. And I don't I, think Saga was as strong as this time around as it was last time. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I, I honestly can't say anything about Nowhere Men because I don't know. East to West I absolutely love, but a lot of the time with that series, it's like one amazing episode after another after another, and then like a couple that are kind of just okay, and then some more amazing episodes. So it kind of goes up and down a little bit. I'm going to say East to West. East to West it could be. It could be any of the four, uh, or any of the five, honestly. Um, My Black Horse is East and West. But I, I personally think Sex Criminals has a good chance there. Yeah. Because it's so different from everything else, and it's hilarious. I think, it, I think East and West <laughs> may take it. We'll see who's right. Keep a tally of this. All right. Next is Best New Series, uh, High Crimes by Christopher Sabella and Ibrahim Mustafa. Mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't read that one. I like it's a digital-only comic okay. from Monkey Brain. Uh, <laughs> the same people that did Skin Number 1, which I've been reviewed, which I recently reviewed and have been posting about on Twitter a lot. Okay. Lazarus by Greg Rucka and Michael Lark. That's another image title we don't read. Wow. <laughs> we can't read everything. I mean, we, we read as much as we can. It's not really cheap. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard so many good things about Lazarus, but it's another one that I decided I had to wait for the trades on. That may have been a mistake. We'll see. Okay. Rat Queens. Yes! <laughs> by Curtis Weeb and Rock Upchurch. Uh, Rat Queens, as we've already stated on the show, is fantastic. It's amazing, action-packed. I love it. Uh, I would be very happy if Rat Queens won Best New Series. That's my pick. Next is Sex Criminals. Sex Criminals again? Again. I actually think Sex Criminals is better than Rat Queens. No. I think that it's... Like, I love that book so much. I really think it's going to win. Sex Criminals has its moments. I mean, it's a good book. Don't don't get me wrong. It's so different than anything anybody else has ever done. And I think that's why it has an advantage. You tell me there's another book out there similar to Rat Queens. There's other swords and sorcery books, and the only difference is that this is a female spin instead of a male spin. There's plenty of male stories that are just like that. Okay. Okay, I could see where Sex Criminals might steal it then. But I still would like to see Rat Queens the win. Oh, I'd be happy if Rat Queens won. I love that book. I'd be happy with a lot of these wins. I'm just telling you what I think. Okay. 
All right, sex criminals from you, rat queens from me. And the last one is Watson and Holmes, uh, which I don't know anything at all about. So maybe we'll have to look that up. Okay. It must be good if it's on this list. <laughs> yeah, but you know how critics are sometimes, you know? Yeah, but comic book critics... I mean, if this was the Oscars, we'd have, we'd have some crazy movies up here like The Piano List or something like that. I mean, the there'll never be no Die Hard. The Pianist? <laughs> <laughs> Did you call it the pianoist? <laughs> I changed the name to protect the innocent. Okay, so the other ones that we care about are Best Writer. Okay. Uh, you got Kelly Sue DeConnick for Pretty Deadly and Captain Marvel. Okay. Matt Fraction for Sex Criminals, Hawkeye, and Fantastic Four. Jonathan Hickman for East of West, Manhattan Projects, Avengers, and Infinity. Scott Snyder for Batman, American Vampire, and The Wake. Eric Stevenson for Nowhere Men, which, like we said, we haven't read. And Brian Vaughn for Saga. Uh if you're looking at all of these guys and girl and, and taking their whole portfolio for the past year and trying to decide who's the best writer, I think it has to go to Jonathan Hickman. Even though it's not listed here, he started God is Dead. The first six issues were written by Jonathan Hickman, and then it moved over to Mike Costa. Okay. Uh, so you got God is Dead, you got East of West, you got Avengers, and you got Infinity, which was one of the best crossovers Marvel's had in a while. Yeah, he'd be my pick. Yeah, I think it, the beginning of God is Dead is great. It is. It is. Uh, I haven't read Manhattan Projects, but I, I need to. It's another one of those image books that I'm not reading that I need to get in trades. <laughs> You've mentioned three books now. I know. I know there's ones that I don't read. I mean, but I can't read every title that comes out from Image. That's true. They don't support us. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is Best Artist, which is like penciler and inkers. Okay. Uh, there's Nate Bellegarde from Nowhere Men. Okay. Nick Jergota from East of West. Sean Murphy from The Wake. Nate Powell from March. Emma Rios from Pretty Deadly, and Thomas Yates from Law of the Desert Born. I really like the artwork in East of West. I really like the artwork in The Wake. You know, I've, I've seen March. I've thumbed through it. Uh, I didn't. I haven't actually bought it. I need to. But I think that as far as best art goes, it's going to go to Emma Rios for Pretty Deadly. That is a beautiful book. Honestly, like I've said before. I would go East of West, then Pretty Deadly. Yeah. Because there's some images in East of West that I just totally like. I'm like, wow, this is really good. Like the eye uh, scene? Oh, that's crazy. The icing is crazy. But yeah, I will give it pretty deadly. It's pretty cool. How it's drawn, the colors, the background. I just think East to West might get it. It's close. Uh, I Like I said, I'd be happy with either one of those uh, winning. But if I had to make a guess, I would say pretty deadly. Okay. The next category I want to talk about was uh, Best Cover Artist. Okay. We got David Aja for Hawkeye. All okay. those all those strange like, purple color yeah. covers. That's a lot of purple. Uh, they're pretty cool, though. Mike Del Mundo for X-Men Legacy. Those are all the ones that look all staticky and, and like, weird. Yeah. They're not bad. There's, it just wouldn't be Staticky. my choice. Uh, Sean Murphy and Jordi Belair for The Wake. I really like the aesthetic design of the covers for The Wake. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty pretty awesome looking. Uh, Emma Rios for Pretty Deadly. Same thing there. The covers are beautiful, just like the interior art. Not just purple. She used a lot of color. Next is Chris Samney for Daredevil. Uh, I can't really speak to that one. I mean, I, I didn't really read the last volume of Daredevil. I wish I had because I heard good things about it, but didn't pick those up. And the last one is Fiona Staples for Saga. And as far as cover artists go, I can't really say that it should go to anybody but Fiona Staples. Saga. The Saga covers are just amazing. Yes, they are. They're, they're some really good covers. I would put Saga the Pretty Daily. Yeah, I agree with you there. I'd agree with you there. But we're not going to talk about all, all the uh, different categories because there's a lot more. You can go on the Comic-Con website and check out the rest of the Eisner Award nominations. Those are just the four categories I wanted to talk about a little bit and tell you who I thought was going to win. Uh, I guess we'll see if I'm right when the awards actually happen. 
Nice. Well, so no, I'm right. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> so the next thing we wanted to do was something a little special for the fans. As as I've mentioned before, for Comic Palooza, we're going to need a lot of stuff. We're going to need T-shirts and banner and flyers. And I'm not very good at graphic design. There's some stuff I can do. I asked for help with the logo. Didn't really get a lot of good suggestions. What I came up with, I feel pretty happy with, though. But I'm asking our fans, anybody who's actually good at graphic design, to try to come up with a 4-inch by 6-inch postcard-sized flyer that we can hand out. Whoever designs the best flyer and sends it to me is going to win a free copy of the entire Thaniel miniseries. Nice. From Awesome Comics. We've been picking up extra copies of the books, mm-hmm. and we're going to give away the entire four-part series. Did Daniel 2 come out this week? Daniel 2 comes out this week. So when all four of them have been released, we'll mail you the full four-issue series. And all you have to do to enter for a chance to win is design us a 4x6 postcard. Uh, You can use our logo. You can use any of the pictures or images I posted on Facebook or Twitter. Anything. You know, be creative. Come up with something cool. Uh, I thought this was a good, good way to give back to you guys and a good way for you guys to help us as well. So, like I said, design a 4x6 postcard. Email it to me at comicalpodcast at gmail.com or send it to me on Facebook or Twitter. I look forward to seeing what you guys can come up with. Cool. Hey, we're going to let the awesome guys know what we're doing? Yeah, I'm going to tweet uh, Seek and Omar so they can get in on this too. Nice. The next item on the agenda, we talked earlier about our pick of the week, Star Mage. Yes. Uh, I've been talking to the writer and artist of this book on Twitter for the last few days. Stalking. And we're going to have Jason Delator as our guest next week. He's, he's the writer of Star, Star Mage. So it's actually a really good chance to pick up the book. And if you have any questions you'd like us for us to ask him, uh, go ahead and post those on our Facebook or Twitter. We'll ask him whatever you guys want us to. Yeah. Cool. So I'm looking forward to that. He seems like a really cool guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nobody ever tweets me. Guys, tweet Miguel. He's feeling lonely over here. <laughs> <laughs> At Comical Podcast 2. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> and lastly, uh, we wanted to remind everybody, audibletrial.com slash comical. Support the show. Sign up. Sign up. Get your 30-day free trial. 150,000 titles. That's right. If you don't like it, you can cancel it within 30 days. Uh, if you don't want to contribute that way, but you just want to send money through PayPal, uh, all you have to do is go to our website and click on the Contribute button, or just PayPal us directly to comicalpodcast at gmail.com. We're still tweeting about the Geeky Awards. If you ever see us tweet anything about the Geeky Awards, please favorite it and retweet it. Let those guys know that we have a fan base that supports us. Mm-hmm. Uh, please, if you have not yet, go on iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a good review. We need as many as we can get. I'm still writing reviews. I have all of my reviews for the books this week. I'm going to post those on the website with the episode, and they will also be available on moviepilot.com. All you have to do is go there and do a search for Comical Podcast, and you can find my weekly reviews for every book that we read this week. You'll see my reviews, too. And Miguel's. A round of applause. Thank you, thank you. Palooza is coming up in just five weeks. Man, that's getting here. It's getting close. Yeah. I'm really excited. I'm nervous. But we're running out of time to get all the stuff we need done, so... Yeah, we really got to step it into gear in the next few weeks. So all my minions that are out there who live in the Houston area, come on out. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, John still hasn't announced all the guests. Um, I know for a fact Jim Steranko is going to be there. You guys might have seen my X-Men 50 I just picked up to get signed. What a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg Capullo is going to be there. I'm going to get a Batman sketch. I'm sure you're going to get a Harley sketch. Yes, I got my Harley Zero ready. There's Mike Mignola is going to be there. Get a Hellboy sketch or something. Nice. Uh, a lot of cool people. Yeah. A lot of cool people. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the whole cast is pretty much going to be there. That's so cool. Maybe we'll get to meet Clark Gregg. Yes. Uh, there's no telling. I still don't know for sure everything we're going to be allowed to do uh, or not do or who we're going to get to meet and interview. I know the comic book men guys are going to be there. 
That would be awesome if we got to talk to Brian Johnson or Ming or Mike. <laughs> but we'll just have to see. We're, we're waiting to hear from John. So as soon as we have more information and we can hype it up a little bit more, we'll let you guys know. That's right. They're going to let us out of this office and mingle with the people. That's right. We'll be out there talking to our fans. That's right. All you horsemen. Trying, trying to make new fans, giving them flyers that... Hopefully one of you has designed for us. <laughs> That's right. All my horse minions will actually get a chance to touch me on the arms. Free hugs from Miguel. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to put a sign on you. <laughs> and then the clip pop guy is following along behind you. <laughs> Don't forget about him. Uh-huh. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Should we wear masks? Yeah, I get like a white horse mask or something. <laughs> Maybe. No. <laughs> Maybe. Brown mask. <laughs> I don't know. He needs some kind of mask. Hey. Some kind of mask. <laughs> some kind of mask. Like a Batman mask. Yeah, you could do a Batman mask. I have a Batman mask. Very nice. I actually got it for you to wear to comic books if you wanted to. Well, thank you very much. But appreciate. It. I'm gonna wear it. Oh. You, you can't wear it. No. <laughs> No, you can't wear that. You can't wear that. It's not good enough. It's not good enough? No. I'm not good enough to be Batman? No. No, I don't think so. See, I I have something else, and I was going to wait a little while. I don't know if I like this. But now I'm not sure. I don't know. I I, I think you should just just pull out all this. Well, this wasn't scheduled, ladies and gentlemen. This was uh, supposed to be a surprise later on. What are you... you Avert your eyes. Close your eyes. Keep them closed. Yeah, I think you have to pull it out at this point. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to meet that kind of surprise. I think you have to Keep pull your it. eyes closed. My eyes are closed. Alright, now open them. I don't want to open them. <laughs> I'm afraid to open them. Open them. Trust me, nobody's naked. What? <laughs> that's not... That's a, You're going to be amazed. <laughs> oh, no way! <laughs> yes, way. So... I found I found a merman Halloween costume. Oh my god. From 1984 from the Masters of the Universe costume line. <laughs> Let me see that thing. You were s- <clears throat> What the hell happened to the box? Came like that. <laughs> it's uh, still intact. It's still see. intact. Let's see here. But Miguel's going to be a comic palooza wearing a merman mask, so he'll be really easy to identify. Am I going to wear the whole suit? I don't think it's going to. It's made for a small child. I don't think it's going to fit you. <laughs> what are you saying? you got to take the headphones off. It won't okay, go hang on. on. One second, people. One second. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I better not hate this. <laughs> That's true plastic, man. That is awesome in so many ways. So you, I'm you gonna post a better picture with me not having my hands on the on the map. I'm gonna I'm gonna post this on <laughs> on Facebook and Twitter and on the website. You look like brilliant. <laughs> Here, look at me. That's amazing. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Hold up. Does it need to be like the like the art? Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Let's get a whole series. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's funny. Oh yeah. All right. So do you like it? Yes, I do like it. It's pretty freaking awesome. So there's the other big surprise for you. Miguel will be dressed like Merman at Comic Palooza. Wow. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. <laughs> I knew you would like it. I knew you would like it. That is crazy. How do you find these things? <laughs> that pretty much wraps up the show for tonight. Remember to follow us on Twitter at, at Comical Podcast and at Comical Podcast 2. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Comical Podcast. Uh, if you need to email us, it's comicalpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to read my blog, it's comicalpodcast.tumblr.com. Mine's coming soon.
Yeah, it's been coming for quite a while. <laughs> and that's pretty much it, guys. So, you want to say it in merman voice since you got the mask on? <laughs> Keep on laughing, bitches. <laughs>